0: Amen. I, I thank y'all young people for coming tonight. I appreciate that. I uh, appreciate your family coming. And, and uh, we got a, a, a several new people here. And, and uh, just want to thank y'all for coming out. Uh, tonight's a neat night. Uh, tonight is not a church night. We make sure that our baptisms and, 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 and testimonies are not a church night, but just a Jesus night. Is that okay? Uh, you know, whether or not we come from the same body or, or we're just in the same body for a, for just a single night, we just want to glorify Jesus, amen. Is that all right? And uh, uh, know that we're going to do so. We have some testimonies tonight. That's the plan of, of tonight. That's the format, unless Jesus changes it, which is okay, amen. We're going to do some testimonies tonight. And then and at the end, we're going to do some baptisms. Uh, Pastor Joel's got a little word also. So uh, uh, that's kind of the plan for tonight. I've asked a young man uh, that 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 I've seen just uh, grow for God so much and within the last— uh, uh, Oh, what, what have I had you a year, over a year now, and uh, uh, it's it's been awesome to see uh, this young man, and, and, and y'all will understand why when he gets to speak. And uh, um, uh, what a what a what a challenge, but yet what a trophy that that this young man has had, and, and this young man has been through, and, as as well as several of our youth. Um, we we did a testimony night uh, not long ago. And uh, we ended up having twelve young people that have lost a parent. Twelve out of you know of course I mean we've got a big group, but we had twelve young people out of just that group that night that, that had lost a parent. And 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 Brother Tim's one of them and he's gonna share with you, but but understand the call that, that God had on, on on those young people and and, and has on them for what, what they're gonna be able to bring and the trophies that they're gonna be able to deliver. For God, it, it was a—it's a neat, neat thing to hear them share about uh, just you know what a pain and and what a suffering that that they went through, and then to hear the challenges and but to hear the trophies that start coming of it—it's just awesome, you know. And that's the kind of God God that we serve. Amen. Amen, brother Tim, come up here, y'all give Tim a hand clap. Amen. Brother Tim's called to to minister. Uh, he knows this on his life, and and, uh, and us as a church and us as a, as a youth body are going to help him achieve that. Amen? Hallelujah. So uh, y'all give it up to Brother Tim Begler tonight.
1: I'm just going to start off with Jeremiah 2911 says, I know the plans and the thoughts that I have for you, saith God. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans for good and not of evil. A year and a half ago on January 25th, I I told you that that was a lie for my life. A lie, because my dad died. He was in a tragic car accident in the rain and on 69, I believe. And that day I saw my whole life just crumble. I had lost it all. I don't know my mom, my real mom, but I do have a good stepmom. She's awesome and amazing. My, um, about a year ago, this month or last month, I had lost my whole family the name that I carry as my last name, that side of my family told me to go to hell and never talk to them again. They told me that they didn't want anything to do with me. Um, and you know how, God, how good God is? About a year ago, um, my birthday maybe, a week ago before that, Mom, they called me back. They called me and said that we realize what we have lost in you. We realize what we have lost with your family that you live with. And I have talked to them I have been down there three weekends out of this last month on my own to have fun with them and hang out with them. I got to spend the birthday that I missed with my brother this last year. I got to spend that with him. And you know, if there's one thing that God will do, he will comfort you. He comforted me for this last year and a half, and he will for the rest of my life. Even though I've lost my dad, I had lost all of my family. They had stabbed me in the back. I had stabbed them in the back, you know, because when you hurt somebody, that you they're going to hurt you back. But, you know, God is good, and God will stay with you for the rest of your life if you ask him to. Now, as soon as you decide not to, that's when he's going to leave you. But he will come back in your life if you ask him. And I don't know what else to say. I mean, I just know that God's there for us when we call on him. Awesome. Hey, y'all stretch your
0: hands out towards Tim. Tim, we want to pray for you real quick. Y'all stretch your hands out. Don't leave me. Come back here, Tim. Don't leave me. You said Tim. He's just walking off. He was like, "Yes, he's got that minister thing ready to go." He's like, "Yes, Hallelujah, Amen." I'm just going to touch you. You know what I'm saying? So y'all, y'all stretch your hands out towards Tim. Father God, I thank you for Tim. I thank you that uh, that even though that that he has lost things, that you are a God of restoration, that you are a God of healing. I thank you that 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 just seeps into his life, that that just overflows out of his life. I thank you that. That uh, uh, we're calling his twin brother brother back to the to your arms. That that we're calling him back to a place where he knows he's called to be. I thank you, Father, that uh this family is is blessed and highly fi- favored. I thank you that 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 Tim is is blessed and, and the land that he walks on it, is fruitful. I thank you that uh uh for, for what for the time that the locust has devoured, you're going to bless. Uh, we call everything into into past and into being for Tim. I thank you for what you're doing in him and what you're doing through him uh, in, in school and, and in his home and, and uh, at Big Smith's, at the ministry of Big Smith's, hallelujah, where they make ribs, and and, and Jesus, amen. So y'all be with Tim, and uh, uh, keep him in your prayers. In Jesus' name we pray, and all y'all said it, amen, hallelujah. Amen. Well, Damon does an amazing job with the youth
2: group, if you'll notice. They're half the crowd tonight, so y'all give them a big hand for being here tonight. That's awesome. Since y'all since y'all are in here we don't get a chance to talk to you guys a whole lot. We we love you guys. We're so grateful that y'all called the Way Bible Church home, especially on Wednesday nights. And so God bless you guys. We love hearing you guys shouting and yelling up there, so I don't feel like you're bothering us. Not that it would stop you anyways. But you know, I mean we're we're just grateful that you guys are here and being blessed by the Lord when you when you come. And so Damon, thank you for doing such an amazing job. Um, I got the pleasure of introducing our adult speakers now, Mr. Tim Tim. That's not Tim, that's Mike. Tim just talked. Mr. Mr. Mike Dodger is going to come bless us right now with a testimony, and he's an amazing man. And
3: God's done some great things in his life. We want to hear from him. So, thanks, y'all. Say seven minutes. Clock's ticking. I got to get talking. Hey, uh, it's funny. I walked in here, and it's funny how you prepare to speak, and then you walk in the door, and the Lord says, "I'm going to take you in a different direction." So, so bear with me. Um, the one thing the Lord just spoke to me tonight to share with you guys, and I'm so glad that the youth are in here because. I believe what I'm going to share with you tonight is going to encourage you. Uh, It's going to give you hope uh, for the journey that you guys are on. Um, The one thing the Lord just spoke to me tonight was identity, about our identity. You know, we strive for an identity in what he's called us to be. And when you're not with him, we're striving for identity to either be like other people or to succeed or for finances or for stuff. And, And until God gets a hold of your life, It's usually the striving for those other things. So I just want to share a little bit about my testimony tonight and where the Lord has brought me from and where I'm at today. That would be an encouragement and hope to you guys. Um, When I was a teenager, I lived in a home that there was no Jesus, there was no church, there was no nothing. So we were just all about kind of ourselves. And I was always searching for an identity in high school. I wanted. I love sports. I love the things like that. But I, I found myself kind of chasing the crowd, and uh, trying to trying to fit in and, and be that person. And and uh, on the exterior, if you saw me in school, you'd think I, everything was good with me. I had a, I, I had a, a mid, uh, kind of a middle class family, and and uh, on the external it was great. But what I found myself doing was trying to fit into the crowd and and, and and the different stuff like that. And I got in. I got into using drugs and alcohol and and. You know, just, it's funny how, you know, when the enemy, the enemy's never just, I always laugh because, you know, you always think about, you see the picture of the devil with a big pitchfork and poking people and chasing you around. He's subtle. He's subtle. He, he ain't going to hit you like that. He's going to, he's going to gradually, gradually, gradually until that point to where you just, I mean, you're buried, you know. By the time, by the time I was two weeks, I would just, and this is such an important thing to me because I think back at this about just how I was about myself. Two weeks before graduation, my parents came to me and said, look, we've decided to split up. Um, One one was going to stay where they were at. One was going to move to Wisconsin. They said, who are you going to go with? I said, I ain't going with either of y'all. And I quit school two weeks before graduation, two weeks. Now, it's just by the grace of God that I was able to go and finish and still graduate, but it was just that that so self-centered focus and just being lost. It was just, you know, it was like a spiral. By the time I got into my late teens, I was I was using about three hundred dollars a day in cocaine, and I was just I was done. It was just I was at point, you know. It was just I was either going to be dead or in jail. I knew I knew the direction that my life was heading, and just out of the blue, you know, I I went to my parents. I was, you know, early, you know, just right around twenty, you know, twenty-one years old, and uh, you know I went to my parents and said, "Look, I gotta I gotta I gotta I gotta get help," and uh, they took me to a program. And it's so, it's so funny how things come full circle. But they took me, I went to a rehabilitation center which was outpatient. And uh, it was not faith-based, it wasn't anything like that. And my friends were sitting on the stoop waiting for me when I came out. So I went to my parents, I said, this ain't gonna work. I gotta go somewhere, I gotta, I gotta get clean. And they took me to Teen Challenge. And uh, it's so amazing, because I had the opportunity to go over and share with these guys, and I'm working on the team now with the Teen Challenge group. And they see somebody that's, that's made it. You know, and it's such a, it's so cool to see how God goes full circle with that, and to be able to stand there, and them guys, and them guys come up to you afterwards and goes, tell me how you did it, you know, what did, you know, and they're just, they're just taken off of you, you know, just, you know, they see that ability, and that, that somebody made it right, and succeeded, and, uh, you know, I just, I, that's such a big deal to me, you know, because I was able to give back to that. God touched my life, and it blew up. Did I have problems along the way? If I had struggles? You bet. It's just part of life, guys. But I'm telling you, when you allow God to do a work in your life and begin to transform you and lead you in that way, he's got so many great things for y'all. And I'm so thankful that you guys are in here tonight because I just want you guys to know that your identity in him, you could be anywhere tonight. You could be with your friends, you could be watching TV, you could be hanging, but you're here. You you guys chose to be here and that says a lot about you guys. And I I appreciate that and it blesses me that you guys take that time to be here. As you guys are the ones that will be shaping. It's, I, I truly believe it's your generation that's going to usher in the return of Jesus. I speak that over you guys' generation. I, I truly believe that it's your generation. That's why there's such an attack on your generation right now that I know it's because of that. But anyway, just so you guys know, you know, we talk about identity. I'm thankful to be Nick and Noah's dad or Melissa's husband or, you know, you, you get those identities. And I'm thankful for that because without... Without looking back, you know people talk and say, "Well, man, that's such a, you know, tough story. You know, it's tough to go through." You know, it's just. Uh, but I'm so thankful. I used to think, "I wish the Lord would just take those things away from me," but He He lets us have those where he, so we can go. Lord, I thank you that you brought me from there to where I'm at today. You know, and He's just blown up in our life as a family. It's amazing to see what He's done. Uh, I, uh, you know, He opened an opportunity with with a job. You know those that are praying for jobs and praying for financial breakthrough. He opened the door for our family to take a position in Dallas with a large construction firm. It's just been amazing. I'm building churches now. I went from being an addict to building churches. Come on, you know. So and it's such a cool transition. You know, you look back at that and go, man. You know, you know. I always think of before uh, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You know, and he's got he's got so much in store for us and just. If you guys, I'm telling you, if you're praying for a job or a breakthrough in your finances, we prayed on a Wednesday night about a breakthrough. We weren't even praying for a new job. We just prayed for God's clarity and vision, and he opened, he, the phone rang on Friday, and we, got a, and we got the job, you know? And it just, I mean, it's just completely over and above what we were even expecting. It's just been so cool, but I'm just thankful to be able to share that with you guys. Um, I'd love to get the opportunity one of these times to come up and speak to you guys youth and tell you a little bit more in detail about what it was that I went through and things like that because I'm telling you, I know you guys are facing things every day and I encourage you to stay the path because God's got something in store for you and uh, keep focused. Love you guys.
2: Thank you, Mike. That's amazing. Nothing's impossible with God, amen? Miss Tammy? God's done awesome work in Miss Tammy's life the last year with some healing and stuff like that. So give her a hand. (laughs) Encourage her. Love you, ma'am. Love you,
4: too. First of all, I just want to give my Lord Jesus Christ all of my glory and honor for healing my kidney over a year and a half ago. Um, I just thank God for what he's done and how he's led me through a walk Because I didn't get a miracle healing. So um, through all the hurt and the pain and the disappointments. And the not knowing of where I was going to go. And how it was going to be done. It was the Lord that was there. Um, So I had to learn to lean on. To rely on. And most important to trust to trust my Lord God that that He is going to be with me and that this is possible because nothing's impossible for our God, and He took me on that walk and He healed me. Uh, but during that process of healing, it was a lot of work. There was a lot of circumstances that come up in your life. Um, Larry and I didn't have insurance. There was no doctor here at the time that I got sick. But you know what? The Lord provided all of it. Uh, he brought a doctor here in here in town to, to to me, and I told him. and And this man was a Christian man, and we had had. I was scheduled for surgeries, and the first one was canceled. The second one was canceled when they called, and I was so upset because he was in the hospital. And uh, I put all, I put aside all of my feelings and started praying. healing for this man because he had kidney stones. Here he is going to go in and reconstruct my kidney and he's having kidney stones. But you know what? The Lord blessed him and blessed me because I got to share in his victory so that he could perform surgery on me. Um, And my family. Oh my gosh, my family stood with me. They were there with me. Sometimes they didn't understand. Of course, I have a daughter that's a nurse. So when you get medical stuff involved with God's stuff... Um, you have to just say enough, you know, let go and let God, and that's what I did. And to be still and know that I am God, uh, that's what I learned. I learned to be quiet, to hear God's word, to get in the word. Oh, and that, that is, is so important and so precious to read the word of God and let it cover you. And feel you, and you feel his presence, his peace, and most of all, compassion. Because you know it's all going to happen in God's timing. And it did. And my family got to see that. They were with me. And I thank God for using me, for my healing, so that my family could see. Not only that, but the Bibles, the, the ladies' Bible study when all this was going on. Oh my goodness, what support. Support and prayers I had from them and my church home. Ah, all the prayers, and no one has any idea how powerful prayers can be. They come to you when you're too weak, you don't have enough strength to carry on, and the power of prayer will cover you and get you up on your feet and get you going. Bonnie had given me a prayer package, and I mean a healing package, and inside this healing package was um, all healing scriptures, but there was this little paper that I stuck on my refrigerator, and that's what got me going and motivated, and it's still there, and Larry sees it. Anybody who comes in my home sees it, but it was... It was how God laid on my heart that I could make it day to day. And on that piece of paper, it said, Good morning, Tammy. This is God. I'm going to handle all of your problems today, and I do not need your help. So enjoy your day. And I would. So God showed me his loving kindness, his peace, his mercy. And his healing and with the healing, when you get revelation of a final healing, the victory and the joy inside is you're just overwhelmed. But I couldn't have done it alone. I couldn't have done it without without all of you, my church family, without my Bible study ladies that were praying for me, and without God Himself, my Lord Jesus Christ. So my thing is that I would really like to share more than anything is you're never alone. God is always there. He was there with me. In the easy steps and in the hard steps, I would just put my hand into his hand, and he would lead me and guide me, and he walked me through it. So don't ever think that there's not, not anyone there for you because the person that really wants to be there for you is waiting, and all you have to do is take his hand. So, um... I just, I love my church family. And it's so nice to be surrounded by believers. Um, And my friend Bonnie. My sweet friend Bonnie. When you go through something, there's, God's going to put someone in your life. And he put Bonnie. I got a text from her every single day. Where it would say, you are healed. Or you're an overcomer and you have the victory. And... My text today. I could not have been as strong because I learned so much from you, and I thank you. And I love my church family, and I thank all of you. Thank you.
2: And and you were nervous. She got her preach on. But thank you, Miss Tammy. That's a blessing, Miss Donna. Miss Donna seen God do amazing things in her life as well, and we're so excited to hear from her tonight. Praise the Lord. I'm excited. I'm ready for this.
5: Okay, If you might say a quick prayer for me because I am way nervous. I'm like, Mike, here. seven minutes. My, my story is huge. First, I want to congratulate everyone that is getting baptized tonight for the decision that you've made. It's an amazing decision. I made a decision to accept the Lord Jesus Christ when I was 11 years old in Mount Vernon, Texas. I remember the day, and I've not regretted that decision since that day. Um, When I was 14 years old, I was diagnosed Um, at a high school basketball physical as uh, having diabetes. I was um, insulin dependent diabetic for close to 25, 26 years. And the, the diabetes continued to take a toll on my body. And in 2008, I was diagnosed stage one kidney failure. So from 2008 to 2010, I went from stage one to stage five kidney failure. Um, my options were transplant or dialysis for the remainder of my life, and to lean on or to lean on God for His decision and what was going to take place in my life. Um, Doctors suggested the kidney and pancreas transplant. It's a double organ transplant, so my insurance only provided, um, paid for that at a Mayo Clinic, which is in Jacksonville, Florida, many hours away from my family. But we went through the process of transplant. I got listed. Um, It's a long, hard process before you get listed. You have to be so bad in order to get the good news that you can be listed. So um, I got listed in July of 2010. And I waited. And I waited for 17 months. I waited every day for a call. God showed me patience during this time. It's not when I wanted it. It's when God wants it and decides it for you. So for 17 months, I waited patiently, trying to be patient on... um, December the 11th of 2011, a Sunday morning, 5:55 a.m. A Sunday morning, there was a reason for that, I believe. Uh, my phone rang, and it was Mayo Clinic. They asked if I would accept a kidney and pancreas that they believed was a match for me, or was a match for me. Would I accept it? I absolutely. Praise God. And I asked about the donor. Of course they wouldn't tell me. I said, I have prayed every day for seventeen months for this donor. Please tell me about them. And it's regulatory, they do not tell you about the donor, but praise God for organ donors. Unselfishly this man gave. So air ambulance picked my mother and I up here in Sulphur Springs, the airport. My husband works two hours away, so he was had a drive a two-hour drive here before he got the, in the car to drive the 18 hours to Florida. Got there, mother and I got there. Everything was fine. Prepped for surgery. Got into surgery. And they gave my mom updates. Surgery's going well. Surgery's going well. She'll be out shortly. After the surgery was complete, I had received a new kidney, a new pancreas. And as they were taking me from the OR, the operating room, wheeling me to the recovery room, all the machines were still on my bed. They were pushing them. They could see all of the vitals. I had a massive heart attack. And was not expected to make it through they said if I had been anywhere else besides the hospital at that very moment, if I'd have been at the movie theater, driving down the road, anywhere, it would have been a fatal heart attack. So they rushed me to the heart cath lab to put in a stent. And mind you, I, had, I would not have been able to have gotten on the transplant list if I'd had, had any heart problems. They do not know where this came from. Um... I say that the devil showed up that day, and God said, you're not having her. I'm not ready for you to take her. That's how I explain it, is that part is being the devil. Um, so, mind you, my husband is driving 18 hours straight through to get to the hospital. They come in and tell my mom that I've had a heart attack, and she falls to her knees in prayer. She said, "I just fell immediately and started praying." And then she had the difficult decision of calling my husband or not. He's driving. Do we? Do I call him and tell him she may not make it through the night? She she called him and um, ultimately made that decision to call him and to let him know. And then he had to call home to my children who were being taken care of by other family members. But God was there. Each step of the way, God was there. And I went through four surgeries. They had to go in and open me up four different times. And they couldn't figure out what was wrong, couldn't figure out. And ultimately, the blood clot that went through my heart at the heart attack went through my donor pancreas, and it, took the pan- they had, it killed the pancreas. They had to go in and remove the pancreas. That was what was making me so sick that they were trying to find out. And all of this time, I was being kept uh, medically sedated. Uh, they would bring me up just to make sure that I was still around I guess that would bring me out of the coma and through the after Michael got there through this time he would he, he's told me he would hook my Kindle up hook my um, headphones up and he just played Christian music the whole time just the whole whole time I came out of um, when I finally did start knowing what was going on I, I was saying do you you know this song, Overcame? He's like, yeah. <laughs> I bought the Jeremy Camp CD, downloaded it to your Kindle, and it's all I've been playing. I said, oh, well, that's a good song. <laughs> you know? And um, he, he did. He kept continuous headphones, Christian music, over and over and over. But before I did start talking and, and waking Something else did happen. I, uh, they were going to take me off the ventilator. I was not awake or aware, but they decided it was time to come off the ventilator. When they took me off the vent, I coded. I stopped breathing for eight to ten minutes. They were um, tried all measures of resuscitation, and studies show that at three minutes, our brain starts shutting down, uh, you, you start getting brain damage at three minutes. I was down eight to 10 minutes. Um, the neurologist came in, did the uh, a sensory test on me. I passed it. He, he didn't have an exclama- explanation for it. My mom and Michael did. <laughs> they do the test 24 hours later. The neurologist came back in 24 hours. He did the same test. He said, this is unbelievable. She should not be responding to these tests that I'm doing. But God was there. Later, I went into congestive heart failure. I came out of that because God was there. And no matter how grim... These days I was at Mayo for three months No matter how grim it was Or how bad it got Or how many times the doctor When I went into surgery One of the surgeons told Michael one time If you believe in prayer You guys need to start praying And I believe it was the first night The first with the heart attack My church family, Pastor Joel Got a community wide visual for me. And the healing packet that um, Tammy was talking about that has the healing scriptures in it. I found this out later. And, and y'all, this is things that I hear I hear about a visual for so and so, a visual for so and so. And when my family starts telling me that what was, what all happened when I wasn't aware of anything, that Pastor Joe, they went to the Cumble Picton school passed out those those scriptures that Tammy was talking about, the healing scriptures. And I said, they did that for me? Guys, that's your church family. All of you that are getting baptized, and then all of you that are already here at The Way, this is what your church family will be doing for you. They stand beside you, just as God has stood beside me this whole time. He's been there. Your church family will be there. And I just wanted to share this part of what my God has done for me and will be doing for all of you guys who who are starting this journey as a new Christian or as a renewed Christian because I am a child of the one true God, and so are you now. So welcome, and welcome to the Way Bible Church family because they're always here for you. They, they, annoyed, they prayed over a towel that you guys we'll see when you're baptized they prayed over that towel did you anoint did you guys anoint the towel as well okay. they prayed over a towel anointed a way bible church towel overnighted it did it because my mom said it was there fast okay overnighted it to florida and that towel draped over my bed the whole time i was there in the critical care unit afterwards that's your family and that's your god guys and you'll never regret this decision that you've made. Thank you. And I'm sorry if I went over my seven minutes.
6: <laughs> You're good, girl. Amen. Uh, Amen. You know, you see those church services where people just get up and start running. If you ever felt like running in church, today is one of those days, for me at least. Uh, I mean, when, when Tim was giving his testimony, and then Mike, and then Tammy. I mean, if you can't get excited about Jesus after some of that, I mean... Y'all, I mean, we just need to get a salvation message going, and you need to come to have Jesus in your life. I mean, that is some powerful stuff. God is is awesome. Well, we are going to baptize some people tonight, and we are so excited about this and this opportunity. And uh, a couple verses of Scripture right quick. I love this verse. In 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says... Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. And that's what you're putting on tonight, the new creation in Christ. That's what happened when you were born again. And the, the very importance of baptism is this. A lot of people, when they get born again, they see they have this issue where they continue to struggle with the problems of the flesh that they dealt with before they were saved. They get born again, and they think all the problems should just go away. The addiction should leave. The, the, the struggle should just die off. And, and the, the issue with men... Many people is that they realize they're a new creation, but they never cut off the old man from the new creation of who they are in Christ. And that is what baptism is. Baptism is cutting off the unrighteous part of you to set you free to walk in the power of God so that you can be the new creation that God said you are. And so everybody tonight say, I'm a new creation creation. in Christ Jesus, Jesus. the old person's dead, the old person's person's cut off off and has no influence on my life. So now you're free to walk in the power of God. And I love what the Bible says in Colossians 2 verses 9 through 12. It says, For in him the fullness of the deity or Godhead dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him who is the head and rule of all authority. In him you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the old body of flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead." three things that baptism does is this right here. Baptism, it is the outward signification of the circumcision of the heart. What is baptism? Baptism is the showing that, hey, I truly believe in Jesus. I'm not ashamed of him to show it publicly. I'm even gonna die to my old self, and that's what happens when you go underwater. It's representing your death. You come up, and you're raised up in the power or the newness of God in Christ Jesus, and so baptism occurs after salvation. A lot of people say, yeah, well, I've been born again, or I just got born again, but pastor, I don't need baptism. I was baptized when I was a kid. Well, baptism only comes after you've been born again. You cannot be baptized until you've been born again. So when we were kids, we were raised up north and and for a little bit of our lives, and they believed infant baptism and things like that. Well, my parents realized in the scripture it was not baptism till after your salvation. So we called it child dedication for us. But baptism truly only takes place after salvation. And so if you've been born again and you have not been baptized, then baptism is your conscious decision to say, I'm gonna make sure that I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you tonight, kick your shoes off, jump in the baptistry. We got extra towels, get in there with us and make a make a fresh decision. Spiritually is cutting off of the flesh, it is the cutting off of the old person and literally separates the dead you from the old you. Amen. You know, it's not too easy if I have a dead person hanging on my back walking around. Some of you feel as believers that it doesn't matter what I do, pastor, it doesn't matter how much I pray, how much I read, how much I study. It feels like this weight is on I me. and I just can't get it off. Well, that's the dead you still hanging on because you haven't cut ties with the dead you. Amen. It's kind of like when you go to get rid of something and you just can't get rid of it. And so you hang on to junk until you're 95 Amen. Come on. You know what I'm talking about? And and so there comes a time when you've got to get rid of it. And I love what we got posted all over the church. It says, caution, 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 caution. Well, I want to give you a caution tonight that we got some people getting baptized. The old people are about to die off. The new people are about to rise up and be all that God's called them to be. So get ready for, for a massive outpouring of the Holy Spirit in their life. And so... I want to end with this point right quick, and we'll get on to the baptisms. The reason you are baptized is not so that you can show you're saved, okay? Contrary to what many people believe, I get baptized to prove my salvation. No, the reason you get baptized is because it's your first step in becoming a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, a lot of people, we say we're born again, we get baptized, woohoo! I'm on easy street, heaven is my home, praise God, thank you, Jesus. All that is 100% true. But baptism is this, it's your first step in becoming not just a Christian, not somebody who's going to heaven one day, it's your first step in becoming a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is a common verse of scripture, but we overlook this, and it says, Matthew 28, 19, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, what's the first thing you do? You baptize them. Your first step to walking in discipleship life with Christ Jesus is you baptize them. Now what does being a disciple entail? It entails this, a disciple is someone who follows Christ. Well, a lot of people who come to church every Sunday say they follow Christ. Number two is a disciple is somebody who imitates Christ. Now, this is where a lot of us fall short. We still act like we want to act and come to church on Sundays or Wednesday and repent and have a good cry fest, and we say, oh, God forgave me, and we go back to the old lifestyle. Well, remember, you cut that person off. He's dead. He's gone. So you follow Christ, but then you imitate Christ. You start living like he lived. And then thirdly, as a disciple, you start doing the work of Christ. That means what you've experienced as a new creation, you don't just want to keep it to yourself. You want to go tell everybody around you. And it's not just telling, hey, I got saved. You need to get saved too. It's literally doing the work of Christ. It's doing what Miss Miss Donna had said Miss Tammy had said. It's being the body of Christ, standing there for one another, being there for one another. And we become imitators of Christ, followers of Christ, and then we become the people who do the work of Christ because the Bible says that he is the head and we are the body. That means we are literally are the hands and the feet of of Christ Jesus. And so for those of you being baptized tonight, I know we got four or five of you getting baptized. I'm excited for this step of faith in your life, excited for what God's going to do. More exciting than that, I'm exciting to, excited to see what the next five and ten years are going to hold because you're not just proving that you're saved, you're taking the first step in becoming a disciple and a follower, an imitator, and a worker of the body of Christ. And so if we could have those who are being baptized come on up and kind of stand here right in front. I know we got some some young people and hey, um. These these two guys are in our LOL group. Y'all look up there, all your all your classmates are up here to, to support you guys and give them a big wave up there. Tell them hi. They all came in here specifically to watch you guys. And y'all turn and give our kids a hand clap up there. This is our LOL group and A2J group up there. So we're excited about them coming in. We got some some youth getting baptized tonight. And so, hey, if you want to be baptized tonight and you didn't bring clothes, I don't care. Don't miss your opportunity. We'll give you one, two, three towels, however many you need. You're not going to ruin your car seat or anything like that. It'll be fine, I promise. But here in just a minute, we're going to start baptisms. And so the first thing we want to do is let's just go to the Lord in prayer because this is a powerful time in the lives of these young people. And so, Father, we come before you tonight. Lord, we declare that you are good and your mercy endures forever. We've heard it in testimonies, and we've heard it, and we're going to see it now with baptisms. And, Lord God, for these young people being baptized tonight, I pray in the name of Jesus that they don't just take serious but they live it out what they what they're learning every time they come to church and so father i thank you for their life lord i thank you that the blood of jesus covers them i thank you that the angels of god surround them i thank you god that they are fearfully and wonderfully made you have great mighty plans for them lord we thank you that they are healed and made whole there's nothing missing nothing broken in their life and most of all i thank you that your favor and your blessing rests upon them tonight in jesus name we pray and all god's people said amen amen well are you guys ready for this all right, all right. Y'all give him a hand clap of praise. I'm gonna get unmiked right quick and we're gonna do this baptism thing.
0: This is Miss Alyssa. Uh, she's made Jesus her savior. There we go. We got you now. We're gonna baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Oh, thank you. Very proud of you. Come on Maddie. How you doing, girl? This is Maddie. I love this girl. Is she kinda awesome? Amen. Like just the hair alone is just so awesome. Amen. Uh Maddie, baptize you in name the Father, Son, Holy Spirit.
6: Amen. right, this is Casey. Casen, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Awesome. You're okay. good. Perfect. This is Koei. We baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All right, last chance. Anybody else? Run up here, get your shoes off. It
2: won't be the last time, first time. And while she's, while she's coming up here, um, I do want to remind you guys, this Sunday is our church party. Invite everybody that you can think of that, that belongs here. Um, invite them to come out. And um, Here at, at, at the end, when we close with some announcements. We're going to um, hand out some invitations. So if you know some people that you want to give that to, give that to them. We'll get, get started having our church party here on this Sunday. So y'all be ready for that right after the morning worship service. All
6: right. Lindy, my sister in Christ, we baptize you in the name of the Father. Son and Holy Spirit. I love
2: it. Any more? Any more tankers? Going once? Going twice? Gentlemen, you can dry out. Amen. Well, uh, um, as we close here and wrap this, this thing up, um, everybody, give one more hand to all of our people that got baptized tonight. That has done a great journey with Jesus. Amen.